from the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State and all across America and the world, this is the Big and Wild Outdoors. You and Bill George. Hey, welcome in, everybody. It's hour number two of the Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden Vince, Bill George, and Casey. Casey, is it Casey? Yeah, it's Casey. Casey, man. Casey, yeah. No, he's going to get this for at least five months. Casey. <laughs> is, is it Casey, Casey and Sunshine Band? Is it, is it Casey Casey or is no, it just Casey Casey? I would rather y'all, you know, just joke around about it than Casey? get my name wrong because it's like the last radio station I worked at. They called me Kyle for a week before they got it right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, so I can that's, see that's how that cool. is. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it wouldn't be good to have your name being Kyle these days. Yeah. <clears throat> Although we'll see, <laughs> we'll see. I guess. <laughs> I'm just, no. I guess we'll see. Hey, oh, no. if, if you're uh, gonna go out on this beautiful weekend and planning on doing maybe a little golf, ooh, golf. You know, if you're uh-huh. gonna go out doing a little golfing, which I'm not much of a golfer, I, I, I'm, I'm you know, me. It I, would be a beautiful golf. Day. I always tell you, perfect golf day. I always say that it's, uh, it's the biggest waste of dove hunting area on the entire planet. That's just my opinion. Ooh. You don't have to waste it. And the then, two uh, can coexist. If they would let you. If I you mean, were a good golfer, you could just hit the doves with the golf ball and be done with it, son. Do you think you could get away with that? Would I that tried count? on turkeys. I, I hit about 12 <laughs> golf balls did. on turkeys one time. Of course you did, though. At St. Leo Golf Course. <laughs> How fast would you have to get a golf ball to go to kill a deer? You'd be At least 900 foot-pounds of energy. So, uh, <laughs> hey, man, i got to launch that thing out of here off. What big birthday do I use to get this thing up over could, 900 could you feet per second? Rolling back up to the clubhouse with the deer hanging over the top. Now, sure, that'd be awesome. I was trying for a birdie. Well, the reason I, I bring it, the reason I bring it up is because our, our good buddy Carlos, the Cuban redneck, uh, you know he he travels a lot, and he's like, dude, did you guys see this? Where this uh, saltwater crocodile is taking up residence. In uh, some pond or lake or something over in, where is it, West Palm? West Palm Beach? North, North Palm Beach. And it, it's it's a crocodile. It's a Florida crocodile. Yeah, it's an American crocodile. So that means that you can't do nothing to it. Well, it's aggressive, isn't it? No, it's protected. But it's an aggressive animal. No, why is it aggressive? I guess it depends on how hungry he is. But No, he's, not, he's not overly aggressive. Neither is most alligators. But... The the citizens of the state of Florida have been so conditioned with our agency that if you call and you say this two foot alligator is nuisance. is is a nuisance and and is I am in jeopardy of being bit by a two foot alligator, they will send somebody running out there to remove it. That's right. Okay, <laughs> and so we've so conditioned them. That if they have a problem with this species, that the agency is going to send somebody out there to go do something with it. Well, you can't do that with the crocodile. Nope. Okay? It's, it's, it gets to stay right there. What happens the, when that crocodile does maybe attack a golfer or attack it, it somebody? It would have to attack somebody for them for to do something. Okay. Yes. That puts it in a different type of category. But All right, we are in the same situation with the panther right now or the cougar or whatever we want to call it in the state of florida where they're under the endangered species act right now okay even though they're not endangered 
okay? It is the same species that's in the rest of the United States. It's an isolated cat. But under the Endangered Species Act, we can't move it, we nope. can't harass it, we nope. can't do anything to it. So where nope. did this crocodile even come from? From here. Somewhere else. They're, they're, they, the crocodile population is it's growing it's, you know, very much in the South Florida. It's very much growing. We had one over here in Lake Tarpon for a while. Are crocodiles native to Florida? Yes. yes you crazy really? Kentucky yes. boy. Really? I thought it was gators. There I was, thought crocodiles were somewhere else. No. There was, hmm. there no. was a there was an, uh, the crocodile that had moved up, and they tracked it due to all the nuisance calls and everything. <laughs> it ended up in Lake Tarpon, and so the trappers out there weren't allowed to use ho baited hooks or anything on that lake while they were trying to try get the nuisance alligators because of the crocodile being present. And then they turned around, and uh, one of the trappers ended up, after they released the motorium on using baited, uh, you know, bait with hooks in it, that one of the trappers ended up getting that dang alligator or crocodile, and it ended up dying. Oh, I was going to say, what happens at that point once you, you they hook don't, them? They don't have the endurance in that. They, they get traumatized a lot easier than the alligator does, and it didn't make it. Well, that's that's kind of so. Sad. What happened to the trapper who got him though? Did he get fined? He did not get fined. Why? He um, was paid to get out there and do his he, job. He was doing his duty. Uh, he was out there. He didn't leave it unattended. There was a. He was called out for a large alligator. He turned around. He threw the bait to what looked like a large alligator because it was at night, and it turned out not to be. Oh well, well isn't the pattern of their eyes different from a regular alligator? No. no. I'm just throwing, I'm spitballing, man. Yeah. You are spitting yeah. something. <laughs> Which one tastes better, though? Who knows? I guess a croc would be pretty nice. They seem to be uh, a little thicker, a little meatier. I don't know. They get a little bigger. So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Probably better cheeks on an alligator than a crocodile. They got narrower snouts. So, you know, they're more of a fish eater anyway. So then, uh, then. Alligators will eat anything you throw in that damn water. Yeah. It don't matter what it is. <laughs> but, uh, you know, speaking of not getting the numbers right, um, it seems that out west, out in Yellowstone, they're having the same problem. I guess the same people that counted our bears in the state of Florida <laughs> counted the bears out in Yellowstone because now you have so many bears, so many grizzlies. Now, we're not talking about black, you know, just black bears. We're talking about things that will, like, bring down a 12, 1,300-pound elk and no problem. They're literally, they went, they estimated that there was around 700 and... 27 grizzlies around the Yellowstone in the park and around the area. You got to be careful because a lot of those times you hear those numbers, they're only counting the adults. Yeah, and then uh, they said, uh, well, we went back and checked them again and looked at the numbers, and uh, apparently there's well over a 1,000 that are within the area and around the boundaries, and they have children. Yeah. So... Uh, now well, there are all these people in Wyoming and around the area, Montana and all this other stuff are going, well, what are we going to do? Let's open it up, man. Let's start whacking some of these things and making, uh, you know, making some gator or, or uh, grizzly soup. Let's do what we yeah. got to do. So there may be a, an opportunity to get out there and shoot yourself a Yellowstone grizzly, yeah. which well, would be awesome. Well, speaking of grizzlies, I see you got something over there. Is there a recipe in there for that? Do we get any recipes for grizzly? We'll get to that in a minute. Maybe there is. Maybe there's I'm not. just trying to segue, man. Come on, please. You're, you're not segueing well, anything. You're a jerk. Well, I will tell you, <laughs> from from what I'm hearing on some back channels in the state of Florida, 
we're getting close to having a population of bears here that exceeds the historical levels of bears. At the same time is we have Buku's more people living in and amongst those bears than we ever had. So they have a lot less habitat to, to use, and we're going to soon have more bears than we had. Yeah, and it's the same thing that's going on out there. Um, you have a lot of people that are moving outside of the Yellowstone area, and so those bears that are being pushed out of the Yellowstone boundaries are now perusing around uh, you know, the neighborhoods and all that stuff. So, and gonna- bears do. Bear, when you have a young male bear get born into an area, that big bear... He pushes them out. You yeah. got to go find your own area because this yeah. is my area. Yeah, it's time for you to go. These are my elk. Go, Hogo. Get out of here. Yeah, take it easy. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, I just thought it was funny. I saw that story this past week, and I go, "Must be the same biologist that we had here in the state of Florida." Oh, we've well, only got I, like. I will uh, say, <laughs> I will say the the FWC here in in doing a lot of their bear research and that they are doing much better job of trying to estimate population by doing DNA sampling. They turn around, they put up fences around areas with wire, uh, bob wire and put the bait inside. So the, fe- the bear crawls through the fence, leaves a hair sample, then they turn around, they come and they collect those hair samples, and they're looking not only what the DNA of that bear is and then this, and then they can extrapolate out what the bear population is in around that area. Now, granted, they're only doing this in certain parts of the state, but they're trying to use that model to extrapolate out what what that actually is. And they're they're identifying unique bears. Yeah, so not just, not just all related to each other. Yeah, and that, yeah, not that I saw that bear and now he's mm. over here. And I, you know, I mean, they are they are tracking the each individual bear now. Yeah. I don't so that's, know. That's a little bit different. I, I will say they are doing a lot better job of trying to get a better number uh, by looking at some of that stuff. And how is that going to uh, impact the future debate when it comes to the bear hunting here in the state of Florida? Because you're still going to have the the stakeholders in New York <laughs> and California and then the U.K. and, uh, you know, up in, uh, you know, Ohio and everywhere else that are in front of their computers that are going to be fighting it tooth and nail you know that oh yeah just like they fight having a uh, goliath grouper season didn't they open that can't you go out there and power no, head the crap out? Oh, no no no, Not yet. no. It's oh, coming. i was just asking for a friend all right we're gonna take a break it is the big and wild outdoors brayden vince bill and casey casey from kentucky When we come back, we're going to give something away before it drives Vince absolutely insane. We're brought to you by Brandon Ford. We'll be back. With the groovy group, 
far out, bro. I know. It's like that. All right. Welcome back, everybody. Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden, Vinceville, and uh, Casey hanging out with you on this beautiful Saturday. It's going to be a gorgeous day to go out and mess around, do whatever. I don't know what you're going to plan on doing, but go out and do it anyway because it's going to be a nice day. I have to run back home, grab my kid, and um, grab his uh, newly acquired rifle, and we have to head up to uh, Deer Hunter Guns and go get it checked out. And uh, he's just chonesing at the bit. What did he get? What? What did he get? He got a really nice present. It was what he got. What, What caliber did he get? It would be, uh, let's see, what would be the designation of that caliber? What is it? 7.92 by... Was it a mile? It's 8mm Mauser. <laughs> he, uh, he got himself a uh, 1930... I think it's 1930. We looked up the designation, too, trying to find anything on those old Mausers that are that old. Um, I think it's uh, between 1930... And thirty four, it's a Czechoslovakian Mauser that uh, never left the country and was not uh, used by the Germans or the Russians when they got into their conflict. It actually has no other markings. Doesn't have the German markings on it. Doesn't have the Russian markings. Doesn't have the Iranian or uh, Polish or Finland or anybody else. This is one of those rare ones that actually stayed within the country and survived and did not get taken over during German occupation. And then once the Russians came in, then they were using them against the Germans. So um, it's one that's actually survived. And I was trying to figure out, you kept saying it never left the country. I'm like, well, then how did you get it? <laughs> well, it eventually left that, the country. That would be a good question. But I mean, it was not ex- it was not exported out to go uh, be used in a foreign land. Let's gotcha. Uh, oh, all right, now I'm tracking. Because we're not a foreign land. Because uh, no. Czechoslovakian Bruno, when it was made, they made a lot of them for other countries, and they you know they put stamps and designations on them that would go. And once the other country received them, they'd put their stamp or their king's mark and everything else on them. So this one doesn't have any of that one. This one has strictly, it's basically its serial number and then a U2 on the end, which means it was the second run of them. U1 was the first one, and then that means it stayed right there. But he got it, and I have a little floor plate issue with it. At the bottom of it, it won't uh, won't stay, and the floor plate has a tendency to pop back out. So I'm going to take it over and let... Uh, let Chuck take a look at it and see if he can, can fix it or can do you, whatever. Can you find ammo for it? Yeah, you can find an uh, 8mm Mauser. It's it's out there. Some of it's expensive. The hunting rifle uh, ammo is is kind of expensive, but you can find surplus still. It's so, going gonna, gonna to cost you. But So uh, word of advice, any round you shoot out of it, save the brass. Well, yeah, that could work. So, uh, so that if you end up turning around and finding somebody who could... Reload for you, which we might find somebody. Um, just had to get the dies and the bullets. What's going on today? Phil is like on point. I know. Well, but he know, is seriously you on know point. What? He's only got one T, and there's no donuts in front of him, so it's all. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the second. I'm not going into my sugar coma. <laughs> <laughs> that's the second reason I want to go out to Deer Hunter Guns is because Chuck and and the crew out there they're. They can find the hard-to-find ammo and all that stuff, too, so I'm sure he's got some 8-millimeter Mauser laying around somewhere. Well, so. Why would you want to shoot it, dog? Get it, get it cleaned up, fix it so Are it you can kidding? be shootable. Are you kidding? That 7-millimeter 08 doesn't exist anymore. 
Once he got that, once he got that Mauser in his hands, that's it. You think you think Mr. Bill let me shoot a hog with this? You let me think he let me shoot everything. I mean, <laughs> now that's right. his new. I mean, he wants to make that his new hunting rifle. Really? Which yeah, and they make some great hunting well, ammunition good for it. Him, man. Maybe that's we'll so have cool. to have him shoot Vince's pig for him. That, uh, Vince wants to shoot Vince's pig. <laughs> we can do that. But I wanted to get it over there and get it checked out and uh, do all that kind of stuff so they can check if there's any. Uh, you know any cracking or anything that's within it because you know it's a full wood. You know the old it's a, it's it is a true Mauser. So um, and it's a gorgeous rifle and he wants to get it done. He wants to go shoot something with it. Well, let's go, Bill. We'll take him when we go get mine. So we're gonna go over there today and go hang out and uh, do all that stuff while I drop off the daughter at some uh, locked in Christmas birthday party or something. Locked in. Yeah, one of those uh, escape room <laughs> things. I think they're doing it for the. Uh, for the birthday, uh, I can't do those. Things. She isn't that wild yet that you gotta lock mm-hmm. her up. No, it's a what? Is, it's an escape room thing. <laughs> you know, one of those things you pay money to lock you up. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, would you would you do those? I don't. No, I, I couldn't do one. Well, I mean, I, I I always look at it this way. If I was locked in a room, I think like MacGyver. I go, I got my pocket knife. Let's take a look at the lock. We'll be out of here in thirty five seconds. If not, we'll uh, take the base off of this lamp, beat through the door, and we'll be out of here. You know, but I know it's supposed to be a puzzle, and you know, yeah, you know, uh, take, take and, a screwdriver, just take the door you, handle there off. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Hinges on the inside. You're screwed. We're out of here in thirty minutes. We're out of here in thirty five seconds. Bill, We're done. Any, meeny, money, mo on that picture you sent? Good golly, Miss yeah. Molly. Where are those what? pigs at? Those I, are the pigs. Is that on that your have, property? That's, yeah, yeah. That that's the ones that George passed on. The I, other here day. we just completely obliterated our listeners. We're not including them in any of this at all, whatsoever. <laughs> that one looks kind of interesting. Did you white send that picture to me? Yeah, you got it too. I don't want to look. I'm not looking at it. Wow. You know what? I have a book here that I want to give away at the bottom of the hour, in case you uh, need a recipe for. Well, I can't give it to you, so you're on your own. But. Uh, I have this book, and uh, it was given to me by a gentleman who wanted to give it away on the show. And it is a great, it actually is a great, great book. It was put together by uh, Sports Afield a few years ago, and uh, it's Eat Like a Wild Man. And it has recipes. It's basically the ultimate game and uh, fish cookbook. I would say I would rank this up there. It's not as homey and down home. As uh, Carnivore Country from our buddy uh, Toby Benoit, his cookbook is really good, but it's a little plainer, simpler, country folk kind of recipes. I want some backwoods, like on a on a rock cooking kind of deal. Yeah, <laughs> there's there's stuff in there. I mean, uh, but uh, this one here basically is uh, a very good uh, cookbook if you don't have one and you're a lousy lousy cook, or you're Married to a lousy, lousy cook. It doesn't matter, male or female. And uh, if you're tired of making the same four things with your venison or pork or whatever it is that you bring home, I think that's what a lot of people miss out, especially when it comes to venison, is they uh, they don't treat it the same way as they would any other meats, and so they you know just do the three things. It's know? not the same as other meats. I understand that, but they treat it the they same way. They try to way. cook it like pork and steak and... Yeah, and you can't uh, what, cook it that way. But you, but you can do those things. But I think you fall into a trap. You know, you get people like I grind up the whole thing and use it for hamburgers and spaghetti sauce. Not bad. But you know, you can do certain things with uh, back straps and other yeah. things and tenderloins that are are very uh, you little, know Michelin star restaurant quality kind of stuff. You know, and it doesn't just have to be 
you know, uh, uh, venison, armadillo, egg, jalapeno, oh. popper things and whatever. I mean, but anyway, I wanted to give this book away. But I was trying to figure out a way to, to give it away to a listener. Uh, I don't know. Um, worst cook? I mean, you Ladies, if your husband's not good at a grill, call us. Well, I mean, if you got, if you if you consider yourself uh, a not so great cook and you'd like to uh, expand your repertoire, I think that this would probably uh, help you out immensely. Give and, him a uh, trivia question. How about that? Well, you know, I mean, a trivia <laughs> question is, uh, you know, you can look that up in two seconds on yeah, the on true. the uh, on the machine there. The interweb. Yeah. So, I, you know, I was thinking that if you. Or one of those, and be honest about it. If you're a lousy cook and you want it, uh, we'll we'll take your worst uh, cooking nightmare. How or about something. just call us and say hi? <laughs> I, mean, hi? I don't know. So, what do you mean, so just what, say best hi? Cooking story, yeah, yeah like there that. you go. That's, that's pretty cool. Or, or cooking nightmare. Yeah. You know, I tried to make blank, and it ended up being blank, blank. So give us a call at eight 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 four zero four ten ten. You gonna do it at the bottom of the hour? You said. Well, we can start talking about it now, and that way, if people want to start calling, so it how in are you, if you have three people call, how are you gonna turn around and decide? Well, we'll have to hear it, and we'll just see if it's the worst story okay. on the planet All or right. whatever. All we, right. we can be judges. Okay. We can be judging. Well, they just need to understand the rules because otherwise Bill, somebody's going to be there trying to be the Bill, first person, the fifth person. There's a gray area here, okay, buddy? I'm we got this. That. <laughs> you know, we keep talking about all this cooking and recipes and this and that. When I come back from Pennsylvania, I'm going to have to bring back a, another jar of canned venison. By the way. KC just has not experienced that. I didn't experience it. I want to oh, try it too, yeah. actually. By the way. I got to mention this, and I don't want to do this uh, until after we get done giving away the book, but um, we talked about something last week that sparked, I, I had literally no I don't want to talk about it until after we give away the book, and then you're going to start talking about it. But I just want to give you a hint. <laughs> I want to give you a hint. Literally, I got no less than 10 emails over this subject, and uh, uh and one of them, the canned uh, venison, was actually mentioned in one of them. So uh, we'll we'll bring that up a little bit later on. If you want to win this book, Eat Like a Wild Man, it's the ultimate uh, game and fish cookbook, 110 years of great sports afield recipes. This book was put out by Sports Afield, uh, compiled by Rebecca Gray. If you'd like to uh, have this copy of this book, all you got to do is give us a call at 888-404-1010, 888-404-1010, and uh, give us your uh, little uh, cooking nightmare, and we feel sorry enough for you, we'll, we'll give it to you. It's that easy. I love this one on the back. It says, Becky Gray is the Martha Stewart with a shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> so, if, if you want the book, give okay. us a call, 888-404-1010, 888-404-1010, and give us uh, your uh, bad cooking do nightmare. You can admit it. We've all done it. We've all had some bad meals. Uh, mine was uh, trying to cook wild pork ribs. The the dog couldn't even get the meat off the bone. <laughs> but open it up left to the on a little too open long. It up did you? to the middle of the book, and and on the left hand side, tell me what recipes there. In the middle of the book. Yep. On the left hand side. Yeah. What what recipe is that? Dude, this this literally is the hand of you know who. Squirrel. <laughs> on the left-hand side, there's two other recipes. Are you ready? Okay. The first one is fruit bat. Fruit bat. <laughs> <laughs> and the second one is roast beaver. 
And on the right hand side is Champagne Aspic. <laughs> Better be careful with that one. Aspic. And then the other one is written in French. It's uh, Lymphones à la à l'amour or something. It just, it's frog legs. <laughs> it's fra- frog legs. But the uh, dude, fruit bat, fruit bat. So you need you take one fruit bat, one to one and a quarter pounds, coconut milk, lots of it, is what it says. Uh, shampoo <laughs> the fruit bat and rinse thoroughly. Do not inviscerate. <laughs> Do not skin, leave intact, including head, tail, wings, and feet. Fill a large iron pot, 8 or 10 gallon, two-thirds full of coconut milk. Add the fruit bat and simmer several hours until tender. Turn bat halfway through cooking time. Serve with lots of rice and other side dishes for the faint-hearted. One fruit bat will serve about two. Can you imagine going to somebody's house for dinner over rice? There's a bat. These are the kind of recipes that you have in this book, and I cannot believe nobody's calling for it. Out of your mind, you better call it. I cannot believe that's not Toby's book. I I should say the first person who's eaten a fruit bat should get the book. (laughs) My God. Now, the beaver beaver would be interesting. Uh, How do they prep beaver? This one here, it just says roast beaver, and it's a story on it. It doesn't really give us the breakdown on it uh, on this one. I'd have to probably look it up. Uh, <laughs> I, may, I may have to turn around and, hey, Mom, if you're there, call. Give us a story so we can get Dad this book. <laughs> oh, I got to read that. I got to read you the roast beaver thing. I'm telling you, you're going to want this book. It is The Big and Wild Outdoors. We're brought to you by Brandon Ford, and we'll be right back. cast if you're just waking up this morning uh we had some dense fog earlier this morning but that's pretty much gone the way of the dodo by now but mostly cloudy for today high is going to be in the upper 60s low 70s it's going to be a beautiful fabulous day only about a 10 percent chance for rain and tomorrow's going to be even nicer partly cloudy highs in the 60s it's going to be uh fabuloso turn uh turned off the uh Air conditioner a couple of few days ago. Had the windows cranked open last night. Crickets going, man. It was so nice and cool. And it was just loving it. Loving it. I was just laying there and listening to the crickets in the backyard until all of a sudden you hear. <laughs> you know, it's all that. Welcome to the city. I'm just glad to be back in flip flops. <clears throat> yeah, those look great. Hey, uh, before the break, we were talking about giving away this book. You have got to get this book. Seriously, you want to win this book. I'm not trying to mess with you. It's Eat Like a Wild Man, Ultimate uh, Game and Fish Cookbook, 110 Years of Great Sports of Field Recipes. And uh, I was just looking in the index trying to see all the things that they covered. And uh, when I say there's just about everything in here, I mean everything. Uh, Just under Dandelion. You have recipes for beer, coffee, fritters, salad, sautéed, steamed, tea, and wine. Whoa, whoa. Recipe for beer? Yeah. So Ooh, they, that's how to make beer? dandelion uh, beer and all that other stuff. Oh, uh, no, no. Dandelions. People eat dandelions. And uh, other nice things. Salad? 
Other things that I would never know existed outside of the state of Florida because I would never go out and intentionally look for butt clams, but apparently there's a recipe for those. A what? Butt clams. What is a butt clam? I don't know. Uh, There's also uh, chucker and cod and cougar casserole. Chuckers, yeah. Uh, Cougar uh, casserole, all that kind of stuff. Channel bass, uh, pumpkins, buffalo fish. That's got to be an up north thing. I don't know what that is. I don't know. What I'm, I've north. never heard of that uh, red grenard. I don't know what that fish is either. It so, uh, walleye, uh, walleye roe. How to cook some walleye roe? I, I Any picosimus recipes in there? Uh, there might be a couple. I just have to look. But this roast beaver thing, I wanted to read this to you real quickly. It's just a couple of paragraphs. But uh, it says working on a fur bearer management story for Sports Field in January back in 1983. I had flown by ski plane to an Indian family tent 100 miles north of the last road in Ontario's Taiga Forest. Miss Josephine Diamond, matriarch of our traditional trapping family, was expecting us and had planned a huge feast for her guests, which consisted of roast beaver, burnt caribou foot, and boiled lynx. Blah. Lynx. Yeah. Lynx, uh. Like the wildcat. Uh, like a bobcat with tufts of fur on its head. Oh, lynx, lynx. Not, not hot dog lynx, but yeah. cat. No, and then she says, uh, she went on to uh, talk about the store. She said, on top of a wood stove, portrait sized pieces of hindquarter meat from the young lynx simmered in a pot with uh, salt and pepper. And close to the stove, transfixed by the birch skewer, pushed through the hind legs of a hung a beaver carcass that had been rubbed with salt and pepper. Skewers attached to a long tar attached to a crossbar high above the teepee's cone. So, I mean, there's uh, not just uh, recipes for all this stuff in here, but there's some great stories uh, in here about the cooking adventures, too. So, Eat Like a Wild Man, The Ultimate Game and uh, Fish yep. Cookbook, 110 Years Listen, of Sports and Field Recipe. I think everybody just eats fast food nowadays. <clears throat> Nobody even wants to cook no more. I know. And, and you know what? I think uh, we haven't received any phone calls because I think everybody's embarrassed to admit their uh, – Cooking mistakes when it comes to uh, wild game. Look, we, I've done it. I mean, the first time I ever cooked venison, I thought I was going to have shoe leather when I was done. I think a lot of people, the first time they do it, if you're not the one who has done it many, many times, that's exactly why so many people get turned off by it. They're like, yeah. I tried deer the, once, and it was like trying to eat the bottom of a shoe. The best thing I've had to do the deer is that sous vide machine because as a person who does not cook a lot, I turn around, I'm afraid of having raw food, and you tend to overcook something like venison. And venison does not do well overcooked. No. And so so with that sous vide, I can turn around, I can know that it's cooked through and through, and then I can just turn around and finish So you it. don't like medium rare? You can, it'll no, be no, no, medium no, no. rare. You can have rare. Oh, okay. You can have rare with the sous vide. You cook it for four hours. It's rare. The way, if you don't know how it works, I mean, I didn't know how it worked until Bart explained it to me. I'm clueless on this one. You basically, you put it in a plastic bag, you put it in water, and the water is brought up to the temperature to cook the meat. So basically, if you need the center to be 168 degrees, you cook it for as long as it takes to get the steak to 168 degrees. So technically, it it is cooked. So all you have to do is take it out of the bag, 
put it on a grill for a minute and a half, flip it over for a minute and a half, and you're done. You basically put some so crust on it. Why do I need a machine to do that? Can I just like use a thermostat in a pot and no. boil it? No, because your outside ends up being charred and your inside ends up being raw. No, you're saying he's saying no. boil it in a pot of water. Yeah, do it in the bag in the pot. Why do I have to go buy it, a special machine? No, no, because this thing here is so precise, it's down to a tenth of a degree. Wow. Okay. And that so, way you can set it and what, walk away. Whoa, 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 whoa. See, this Quick is question. why you need the book. Quick question. I'm guessing, man. I'm you can learn this stuff. Quick question, Vince. What's the difference in temperature between medium rare and well done? Smack it on the butt and send it out? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I tried to, Bart tried to show me the, you know, you yeah, push the, on your thumb thing, you know, where, you know, you can you feel it make here, a fist, it. not a fist. Yeah, yeah. The palm, the feel here, blah blah blah, and you can feel the tenderness. But the good thing about the sous vide thing is, is you can bring it up to the temperature that you need it to be at, and then all you do is you take it out of the bag and you just put a little crust on it, grill it, and you're done. Or, or for somebody like myself who does not cook a lot, is you turn around and you could bring it up to that temperature and hold it at that temperature for a couple hours while you're getting everything else ready, and then just finish your meat. That, well, that makes sense. Meat. I mean, I get it. It, it makes Trust me. a little easier. So, so. I, I just, I mean, I go by the feel of it, like, especially when I'm grilling. You know, I can tell, you know, when I make my steak, I don't know the actual temperature, but I can tell if it's going to be medium rare or not just by just the Just by feeling it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, this one here takes that away. You just take it off. It's already cooked. Well, you take it that out. That takes and you grill a lot of fun it. out of it. No, because you still grill it. You still put it on the grill to put a little grill mark or give it a little uh, char flavor, and then you're done. Y'all are too fancy for me, man. Plus, you can also cook it in its own marinade or whatever it is in there, so that it's infused inside. Oh, you can infuse it, marinate Listen. it, and then throw it on the big green egg, man. Come on. I know you can do that too on a large uh, chunk of meat. Yeah, I can understand that. But the, the sous that alligator that he brought in that he sous vide was. Awesome. I All right, mean, Bill, when you come some back, of the best alligator I've ever had. When you come back from PA, bring some sous-vide something. Okay. I'm curious now to try. All right. We'll cook it right here. And you know what's going to happen? <laughs> and you know what's going to happen? You're going to be converted. That's the problem. You're going to be a convert, and you're going to go out, and you're Let, going to buy let's, one. Let's put it this way. When I go to Hawaii to turkey hunt, I'll take my sous-vide machine. I want pineapple turkey. You want pineapple sous-vide? Pineapple I want a pineapple turkey sous-vide. Is there somebody on the phone? What are you doing? Yeah, in there? we got uh, we got Steve Austin on the phone. Oh so, uh, no, yeah, not we'll go Steve. ahead and put him on. What did I say? <laughs> Speaking of, that's what she said. <laughs> would you hang up on him? Or you hung up on him. What did what'd you do? See what you did? You hung up. He should be there. No, he's nope. not. He's not there. Bueller. He's, the, the little the flashing light is gone. He's <laughs> he lailed. One thing that you won't be surveying very often here very soon is the uh, U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service announced this past week that it's proposing a threatened species status for the alligator snapping turtle. It's about time. Alligator snapping turtle. Uh, they're already protected uh, to some extent in most southeastern states with the population steadily declining in their historic range. The agency is proposing additional protection under the Endangered Species Act. Commercial harvest is not... Uh, currently a threat to the alligator snapping turtle, but the effects of the historical large-scale removal of the turtles is still ongoing. Believe it or not, they killed so many turtles in the 60s and the 70s that it's still impacting them today. Because, you know, they take forever to grow. They do. And and Florida does have a protection on an alligator snapping turtle. 
And I I actually hooked one. I thought I was finding an alligator, and I mean, I had a bubble trail going. It took me forever to hook it, and when I finally brought it up, I could do nothing with this thing. <laughs> and I finally got it up, and I saw a base of a tail that was about as big as a diameter of of a baseball, and I never saw a shell. So, wow. I mean... I never saw a shell. I never saw a leg. I never saw anything. Probably that was like the freshwater equivalent of your uh, Goliath. Uh, yes, yes. Pulling and up a and VW I mean, hook. he had to be humongous. Probably at least 80, 100 pounds. Oh, he had to be humongous. So that man sucker could be almost uh, 150 years old. I mean, seriously, something that big. But uh, I didn't know this, but when I read this story, it said that alligator snapper turtles are uh, thought to be extinct. Uh, through Indiana and uh, all the way into Kansas and the other ranges that they used to roam because they've just been harvested out of existence, basically. And it says, although commercial harvesting is uh, prohibited in uh, all those states mentioned where they used to be, recreational harvesting of alligator snapper turtles is still allowed in Louisiana and Mississippi. And Louisiana currently allows the harvest of one alligator snapping turtle per day, per person, and there is no size limit. And, of course, poaching will always continue to be a concern. And global demands for turkey, uh, turtle meat is still growing, especially in Asian countries, and is not going away anytime soon. No. Matter of fact, they were having a lot of issues with uh, turtle poaching here in the state of Florida a few years back. Well, if you remember, they were all kinds of turtles. They weren't just the snapping turtles. They were cooter turtles. Oh. They were sliders. Uh, they were the red ears. I mean, it was everything that they were harvesting out of the waters here. Why doesn't anybody go out and catch Placostomus and sell those to the Asian market? Right? I'm telling you, man. When we come back, we got to talk about that, actually. I'm glad you brought that up. Because now they're getting to be so invasive that they're harassing our manatees. And we can't have that! No harassment to the manatees. Look what they did to winter! Oh, too soon, bro. Too soon. We're going to take a break. We're going to take a break. It is the Big Wild Outdoors. We'll be right back. Still got the book. Still got the book if you want to win it. it. Facebook. You know what? Let's just make it easy. Just call. If you are a bad caller, now I'm serious. If you are a bad cook or you want to learn something and you want a good read or anything else like that, if you want to re- uh, win this book, uh, Eat Like a Wild Man, the ultimate uh, game and fish cookbook, 110 years of great sports and field recipes. What number? Pick a number, George. I'd, Four. I waited until he gets taken a break. <laughs> Still, you're supposed to eat on the break, not during the show, he was. man. He's got a what is that? A butterfinger? Butterfinger. Don't oh, butterfinger yeah. My butterfinger. He's trying to suck down a go a butterfinger during the break. So what no. did you say? What number? Four. No, four. hell Listen. no, Nine. not four. Nine. Listen. No, it'd be ten. We're ten ten. Why wouldn't you go ten? <laughs> so cliche. <laughs> did you see when to go wrestle in the clay? What'd you say? You're so cliche, but, man. Oh yeah. Maybe I'll eat some hay. The, they're embarrassed to turn Can around. you do your, like, cheesy radio voice, too? Call today to win. Call it over. That's cheesy radio? You got to be more pukey than that. <laughs> do it. Let's get Casey to do it. 
What cheesy? Radio oh, you're eating too. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> peanut action going on? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Bunch of rookies in here. Everybody, let's all have pizza. Yeah, exactly. Mm. I say uh, we make it tough. We make it caller number ten. If you want to win this uh, book here, eat like a wild man. It's eight 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 four zero four ten ten triple eight four zero four ten ten eight 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 four zero four ten ten. I'm just going to keep repeating it till the phone starts ringing. And you don't have to tell your story. No, I figured uh, maybe they're just too embarrassed to do it, so it'd be easy peasy. It'd be a great Christmas gift. It's it's you know for the uh, eat like a wild man person in your life. Look, if nobody wins, I'm taking the book with me. Have you? Okay. Have you ever had a meal so bad that you couldn't salvage it? Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And I will say it was of my own uh, volition. I actually brought some meat back from Missouri that was uh, not from our normal processor, and it was one of those ones where you drop off 80 pounds of meat and they give you 80 pounds of meat back. Mm. And so it wasn't really my deer that I was getting back, something that will never happen at Owl's Wild Meats. Um, And when I got home, I cracked open uh, some, uh, I think it was uh, leg meat or something, uh, that hammy, steaky thing, whatever, in the back. It had so much tarsal gland all over it that there was no way that you could get it off. Mm. I tried, I tried acid. I tried, you know, tomato. I tried booze. I tried everything that you think of that would normally break down those kinds of things and tissue. No matter what I put in it, it would not get rid of that. Taste. You should try Coca Cola. Nothing, let nothing me, would work. Let me tell you, I I am amazed. That phone is going, <laughs> going crazy. Oh, dude, he's like, I'll, I'll <laughs> they are so well. embarrassed to tell their stories. Yeah, that is sad. That is really sad. Like <laughs> 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 it rings. Oh, there goes another one. But that was not. It. That was not. You know, because of my fault. But I just, it was so horrible that I literally made this big giant pot of like chili, spaghetti type stuff. Had to throw it out. Literally about two gallons of it just literally right down yeah. in the garbage. Like I said, I tried pork wild hog ribs one time, and it just it just was bad. It just was real bad. Yeah, really, really, really bad. I mean, <laughs> a Steve uh, one time shot a big nutty boar and could not get that stink out it, of the meat or wow. whatever it he had, did. The, the flavor was great. You just couldn't get – you just couldn't get – the the you couldn't get the meat off of the bone it was like rubber yeah or it turns into that charred uh kind of i don't mind like eating glass that i can do but uh, i remember steve one time killed that big giant nutty boar and uh he literally called me and says do you want any of this at all and i said why i don't want it uh he said it's really really bad i literally have about 150 pounds of uh dog food yeah. And when I tried to put it down for my dogs, they wouldn't even eat it. Yeah. And he's like, I, I ended up having to throw most of it out. I just, it just was so horrible. It was, it was really bad. And I know Vince, Vince is actually a pretty good little cook. Uh, he's going to make somebody a cute little wife one day. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh, what Especially what, what was that stuff you made? That snapper curry? What was I this made stuff? red, it was red curry. Green curry. Hey, no, it was red you? curry, a grouper. Listen, that was good. Over you, over wild rice. That was well, very, very good. Quick timeout. What? We have a winner. You can tell him to quit calling because. No, let him keep poor calling. Keep, I like seeing Casey, Casey jumping back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we have a winner? I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah, I, 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 I have no screen, so I don't know what's. He uh, didn't put it on the screen. He hasn't had time. He's been The phone's been blowing up, dude. You know, you bunch of cowards. I just cannot believe you wouldn't call and actually give up your bad cooking adventure and then. Uh, <laughs> 
you know, I make it easy and make it caller Tim. Next thing you know, where'd like, he go? Use your words, man. Yeah. I don't know. He he was on the line and he hung up. What? There well, then, then you should tell him to call back. Do you? Uh, do, was he your winner? He was the winner. Yeah. What was his name? His name was Jeffrey. Jeffrey. Okay. Dahmer. So. <laughs> I don't think there's. Uh, he was on line too, and then he hung up. So. So Jeffrey, oh, you need to call him. Jeffrey's calling back. Jeffrey's calling back. Let me check. Don't hang up on him again, Casey. <laughs> Poor Casey. <laughs> He's running crazy in there today. Sounds like Jeffrey needs some help, not only with his cooking, but maybe his dialing. I don't know. Yeah, uh, we'll find out. Hopefully, that's him on the line. Maybe he's got AT and T. So. Uh, <laughs> Uh, what did I want to get to after this? Oh, uh, there's so many things I have in my pile that I just, I'm not going to be able to get to just about what, what, what? All right. So we don't have Jeffrey, but Michael is the new caller. So should we make Michael the winner? Well, I don't know. Do, Michael's on hold. Let's, let's give, make him the winner. We should give Jeffrey. Right. Okay. Go ahead. Michael. Michael. Good morning. Good morning. How are How you? you? Today? Are you doing all right? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, are you gonna Are you gonna man up and, and tell us your bad cooking experience, or are you just a perfect Paul Prudhon chef? Oh, I got all kinds of bad cooking stories. <laughs> <laughs> but well, somebody else was the chef at the moment. Yeah, you know, yeah. You can always blame Burt Burgers on the guy standing next to you. Hey, look! I had to go get a beer, and when I came back, it was flames. It's all Vince's fault. <laughs> <laughs> what? That works. I- I'll tell you a bad cooking story. Okay. No cussing. Okay. No cussing. Uh, no, no, not at all. Not at all. Okay. I, see, I'm from Buffalo, New York, and the only there's only one brand of hot dog that anybody up in Buffalo, New York would ever eat, and it's called Salins. It's just a brand that we grew up with. And anytime my mom comes down from Buffalo to St. Pete, she brings me some Salins hot dogs. And I told her I would cook them up on the grill. And I don't know what I was doing that day. I was just distracted. Cooking for my mom makes me nervous because she's such a good cook. <laughs> but I burnt hot dog. Man, how did you burn a hot dog? She, she peeled them off, and she she refused. She refused. That's it. That's just a terrible cooking story. I get nervous cooking for my mom. Such a wonderful <laughs> cook and a beautiful one. How do you screw up hot dogs, bro? I mean, all you exactly. Do, I you don't. Got- it, that's why it's such a bad story. I mean, I, I, I can I can smoke a brisket. I can kill it with ribs. Something about that day. I, I just. Mom hauled you all hey, you know worked up. I, I can feel for you because my father, in my eyes, makes the, the greatest spaghetti sauce on the entire planet. Uh, I don't it, know about that. It is. It's not that Italian-y crap. It's, this is southern, <laughs> this is southern uh, good home cooking. I mean, you can put it on anything. Dad's a coon ass, man. I mean, he cooks that stuff Louisiana style, so, True. I mean, it's the best. So I never attempt to ever make spaghetti sauce when my dad comes to visit because I know it'll never be up to his expectations. Never, ever, ever. And I'm like you. Hey, there you go. If I, got, if I had to cook it for my dad, I would screw it up uh, royally. Trust me. And it would be, uh, I'd be embarrassed for the rest of my life. But at least it wouldn't be a damn hot dog, okay? The, the rest of us call, <laughs> call it chili, but they call it spaghetti sauce. Yeah, exactly. It's like those people who put uh, Cincinnati, what is the Cincinnati chili the thing? Skyline chili. Yeah, island, that, oh my yep. gosh, the worst chili on the entire earth. No. Oh, yes. What? You are Kentucky. Yeah. Oh my skyline, gosh. baby. No, it's the most horrible chili ever made by Casey, you're fired. You know what, Michael? I need you to stay on the line, and I, I want to. Uh, when you get uh, 
you get this one here, I want you to uh, give us a call back and tell us what the first recipe is you used out of this thing, all right? Will do. Hey, don't yeah, hang out, man. Casey's going to take your info, okay? Yeah, I'm, I have to put you on hold so we can get all your info so I can get it out to you, mail it to you before Christmas, all right? All right. All right. And salute all our veterans. Happy Veterans Day. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll put you on hold. Don't leave. Don't go nowhere. Sorry. Here we go. I did it. But you know what? Speaking of veterans, by the way, there's some events going on today. Uh, our buddy Bill Burkett is where? He's down in... Uh, do not he do usually go to Bay Pines? I think he's down in St. Pete today. He's down there with uh, the brewery down there. What is that place called? Uh, there's, like, there's like nine of them down there. I'm trying to figure out what it is. Oh, Bayboro Brewing. He's going to be down there today. So swing by today from noon until 7 o'clock. He's going to be down there with others cooking some uh, pork belly burnt ends. Oh, my God. <gasps> and you know what else he's bringing? What a traitorous guy he is. His meatloaf. The barbecued oh. meatloaf. He's bringing the, it down there. The one that put Robert out of business and making meatloaf. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. But our buddy Bill Burkett with Porkganic Barbecue is going to be down there from uh, noon till 7 down at the uh, Bayboro Brewing. He's going to have uh, pork belly burn ends, barbecue meatloaf. They'll be cooking for the veterans charities in the local area. And uh, there are going to be a lot of people down there. So if you want to head down there, you can uh, go. It's downtown. I think it's on the Fifth Avenue South in yeah. St. Pete. I can't. I can't remember. Yeah. I don't get down in that neck of the woods very often. But uh, <laughs> let's see. I'm trying to see where it is. Yes, twenty three ninety Fifth Avenue South. So it's going to be a good time had by all. Lots of cooking going on yeah. down there. It's a bit, the Bayboro Barbecue Bout Invitational. So it's not just Bill. It's like other guys that are going to be cooking out there, too. Yeah. Well, I turn around. I, I look at Bill Burkett, and I think, man, you know, I can look at a lot of ex-military people, and I can say, man, that's ex-military. That's ex-military. They still can't. If my dad, if he could get hair to stick out between two fingers, he'd cut it, you know? <laughs> it always was tight.